0: Here we are. Okay. Today is Emerson Fittipaldi's 74th birthday. He is the first... Is it really? Yeah. His oh. first, The first Brazilian world champion, first Brazilian double world champion, and he is the... He's one of the most highly regarded drivers of the 70s. He's one of the only remaining drivers from the 70s still alive to have won a championship. Yes. Yeah, All of the drivers from the 50s are dead. Well, yeah. All I of mean, the that champions. Was, yeah.
1: What, 70 years ago now?
0: In 80. No. 70, you're right. I'm talking about, like... <clears throat> well, because most of the drivers in the 50s were in their 40s. Uh-huh. Meaning that they wouldn't be alive now, they'd be, like, 120.
1: No, I know, but I yeah. mean, even if they were young, like, that's still 70 years ago. Yeah.
0: Like... Yeah, Sir Sterling was the last driver, the the last, like, really successful driver in the 50s, and he died in 2019. He was, like, 95 or something. Yeah, he was born like, 1929. Jackie Stewart, I, to my knowledge, is the oldest Formula One champion out How old there. Is he? Seventy-eight. Okay, so not
1: like old old, but he's old, I guess. Yeah. Although to be fair, I work with people who are like literally a hundred years old. Yes.
0: So. If we're gonna go chronologically, yeah, it's it's Jackie Stewart, Emerson Fittipaldi, Nigel Mansell, Alan Jones. Nelson Piquet. Oh, and Mario Mario Andretti. So it's Jackie Stewart and Mario Andretti are the two oldest. I'm not sure which of them is the oldest. Okay. but They're right around the same they're age. They're right around the same age. Okay. So there are two drivers remaining from the 70s to have won a championship. I know. Rip. There are two drivers left from the 70s. Uh, there are, let's see, all of the drivers from the 80s except for Eric and Senna. Mm-hmm. All of the drivers from the 90s are still alive and all of the drivers from the 2000s. Okay. So we're set for about 40 years, I want to say, maybe like 20 until Stuart's probably going to, you know, leave us in a couple of decades, so... Anywho, this is 1982. Okay. A little bit of preseason shit. This is a 16-race season, okay. we're going to...
1: so one more race than last year. hmm
0: okay. yeah. The teams and drivers in 1981 championship order, going from the Constructors' Championship, we haven't really talked about the Constructors, those are the teams. Okay. The Constructors' Championships don't matter to us right now because we're focusing on the drivers. Right. Specifically, Nelson PK Williams are piloting the FW07C, FW078, or excuse me, FW07D, FW08, and they all have the Cosworth DFV V8. Carlos Reutemann is only here for the first two rounds. Mario Andretti picks up the slack after the third round, but he's only there for the third round. Okay. Derek Daly takes Mario Andretti's spot. Uh-huh. From the fifth round to the 16th round. Mm-hmm. KK Rosberg is there from the first through the third round. He misses the fourth. He's there from the fifth through the 16th round. Okay. He ended up moving from Fittipaldi. Okay. So KK Rosberg was with Fittipaldi. Right. I remember. The Fittipaldi outfit didn't do really well, but KK Rosberg was incredibly talented. So okay. Frank Williams was like, yeah, fuck it. Alan Jones retired and he was not persuaded to come back. Oh. <laughs> uh, during the off season, Williams Frank was Williams, like,
1: "Have fun, enjoy your retirement." No, buddy.
0: Frank Williams really wanted him to come back.
1: Oh, I thought you meant they didn't even try. They were like, no, no,
0: Frank Williams tried really hard. Okay. He couldn't get him to come back. Well. Jones later came back around 1986 with the original Haas team. Okay, uh, not no relation to current like Gene Haas. It was Carl Haas, was a different guy, he was okay. an engineer. Uh, he literally just came back for the money. Yeah.
1: See that annoys me because I feel like that means that he like blew through what he had and he was oh, like, oh, should so I need more money? Yeah, l- l- but l- you make so much money mm-hmm. already. Like, just live within your means, people. Okay, yeah, it's fine, it's
0: fine. Invest your money.
1: You don't even need to invest. Just don't overspend.
0: No, invest your money. I mean,
1: you should invest. But you don't need to, to survive you, when you're making that much money. If
0: you're making that much money, you should be spending less than, like, 5 or 6% of what you make a year. Literally. Or donating, at least. Donate, like, the max amount that your state lets you claim on your taxes, which is, like, usually, like, 30%. <laughs> so then you don't pay taxes. You just claim it off as, like, a charity donation, which is what huh, your boy's gonna be doing. Anywho. Okay. So, Brabham uh, is a constructor of Brabham Ford, to be specific. They have three cars this year. They have the BT49C, BT49D, These two cars have the Cosworth DFV V8, and we've also got Brabham BMW with the BT50. This is powered by the M12-13 1.5 liter V4 turbo. Okay. So it's a four-cylinder car with a massive turbo. This is BMW's entry into Formula One, pretty much. Okay. It's going to garner a bit of success. It's not going to be that successful. It's going to be quite unreliable. Okay. Because Gordon Murray and BMW are still ironing out the kinks. But...
1: Well, so, okay. Question. Yes. And this is probably dumb. BMW, do they still provide cars to teams in Formula One? No. Because I know, like like, Racing Point is a Mercedes-AMG team.
0: Yeah, they're pretty much a B team.
1: But I mean, like... So they use Mercedes cars, right?
0: Uh, no, they use Mercedes engines. BMW stopped supplying engines in 2009. The last time they supplied an engine was with Sauber. Mm-hmm. Sauber now is Alfa Romeo Racing. Peter Sauber okay. just lent them like the naming rights to Alfa Romeo. Okay. And so the current Alfa Romeo team is still Peter Sauber's team. Mm -hmm. And Peter Sauber was the last team to race with BMW power back in 2009. Okay. But they
1: don't use BMW power anymore. mm -hmm. Okay. Nobody uses BMW power anymore. Yeah. Great.
0: They left because of the whole financial crisis. Anywho. So Nelson Piquet is Brabham Ford's driver. Brabham Mm -hmm. Ford and Brabham BMW, they're two separate constructors' entries. Right. Because remember how last year you, as a constructor, had to take part in every single race yeah that's where I think I caused a bit of confusion for you because I meant to say that every constructor had to partake in every single race not the drivers okay so that's where I fucked up so when we go like at the end of the season and talk about like the championship standings BM uh, Brabham BMW and Brabham Ford are going to be two separate entries Nelson Piquet used the BT50 in the first round the fifth and through the 16th round the fourth race wasn't attended and we'll be discussing that later because it's pretty important okay In the BT forty nine C and the BT forty nine D,
1: so these are the Fords.
0: These are the Fords. They were used for the second and third round only by Nelson Piquet. Okay. Ricardo Patrese moved from Arrows. He was now Nelson Piquet's teammate Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for the first. And
1: Patrese didn't do bad last one, right? No last season. No, not at all. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. He
0: had a pole position. Okay. So So he did better than very reliable. This isn't the first time that Ricardo Patrese is going to be a number two driver.
1: So he's average. He's that he's guy average. you want to have as your teammate to stay stable. Yes. Okay,
0: great. For the first round, Ricardo Patrese is using the BT-50. Which the, is the BMW. The BMW. The second and third race, he's using the BT-49. The fifth race, he's using the BT-50. The sixth, through the eighth race, he's using the BT-49. Okay. Races nine through 16 were with the BT-50.
1: So he just switches a lot. He,
0: he was the test mule for the car, that's why. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, because he was a number two driver... He was the one who had They didn't care if
1: he won. They
0: didn't care. Okay. No. Renault had Alain Prost and Rene Arnoux for every single race. Okay. Ligier Matra had Eddie Cheever and Jacques Lafitte. Both drivers missed the fourth round. Ferrari had Gilles Villeneuve for the first through the fifth round. We'll get why he didn't, you know, partake in the rest of the season. Okay. Didier Peroni was there for the first round through the twelfth. Okay. Patrick Tambay took over... From the ninth race through the 16th, okay. Mario Andretti took over from the 15th to the 16th race. He was in cart after the 1981 season, but he came back for the, uh, the last two races. Okay, McLaren Ford had John Watson and Nicky Lauda. He came out of retirement. Both drivers didn't make the fourth round. McLaren had the most experienced pairing in F1. Watson had 123 races at the start of the 1982 season that he had entered, and Lauda had 116, which is super important for the Constructors' Championship, if you want points. Lotus Ford had Elio DeAngelis for the first three rounds. He missed the fourth round, but he was there from the fifth round through the 16th. Okay. Nigel Mansell was there, again, for the first three rounds, missed the fourth round, but he he was there for the fifth round through the eighth, missed the ninth round. He was there for the tenth round. Missed the 11th round. Oh my god. And Nigel Mansell saw the last last four races, uh, races 12 through 16. So,
1: so many people are missing the fourth round so far. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, we'll get there. Okay. Roberto
0: Moreno took Nigel Mansell's spot. He took uh, round nine. Okay. Gioff Lees. I
1: think that's just Jeff. No,
0: it's spelled Gioff and we're going to call him Gioff.
1: No, but that's how you spell Jeff sometimes. I know,
0: and it's gross, but okay. we're going to call him Gioff. <laughs> Gioff Lees was contracted for the 11th round. Okay. Just filling in for Nigel Mansell. Okay. Arrows Ford had Brian Henton for mm-hmm. the first 3 rounds, Mauro Baldi Mauro. for the f- Mauro Baldi for okay. the first 3 rounds, he's European. Uh, missed the 4th round.
1: It's still Mauro. I yeah,
0: still Mauro. Say
1: it like an Italian from New York.
0: Mauro. Mauro Baldi s- missed the 4th round, but he was there the 5th through 16th. What
1: the hell is with the 4th round? Mark
0: Schur had been contracted to see out the last nine uh 11 races he was there um from round five through 16. alfa romeo had andrea De cesaris and bruno oh, Giacomelli. Crash race is back. Yeah, did crash race tyrol ford had michaeli alboretto and slim borgood
1: i don't like that it's tyrol but it's spelled tyrell
0: yeah slim borgood only saw it the first three races of the season mm-hmm. brian henton took over from race four to see out the rest of the season Ensign Ford had Roberto Guerrero, who missed the fourth fourth round. What
1: the hell?
0: Theodore Ford had Derek Daly for the first three rounds. Jan Lammers took over for um, the fifth round through the seventh. He missed the eighth round, but he was there the ninth round through the eleventh. Geoff Lees saw the the eighth round. And Tommy Burns saw the last four rounds with 12 through 16. So this is another
1: team that did not go to the fourth
0: round? No. Okay. Yeah. A.T.S. Ford had Manfred uh, Winklehawk and (laughs) L.S.A.O. Say it
1: the way it's supposed to be said. It's it's, Winklehawk. It has a W. It's Winklehawk.
0: Yes. And L.S.A.O. Salazar. (laughs) March 4th Ford had Jochen Mass for the first three rounds.
1: That's Jochen. Jochen. Jochen.
0: He missed the fourth round.
1: What the fuck? Yeah. Okay.
0: But he saw races 5 through eleven. Rupert Keegan saw out the last four rounds. Raul, Raul Bocell. <laughs> Raul? Raul, yeah. <laughs> Raul Bocell <Beausel laughs> was there for the first. Yeah. He was there for every race except for the fourth. And Emilio Devalada, the dog shit pay driver, was there from rounds 5 through 9. I'm
1: so confused about the fourth round. We'll, we'll get to it. Okay.
0: Fittipaldi Ford had Chico Sayerao, who missed the fourth round. What the fuck? Osella Ford had Jean Pierre Gerrier and <laughs> Ricardo Pelletti.
1: I don't know what it is about people whose name. Who's... Names are Jean Pierre, but for some reason it always it's makes me very giggle. French. So I'm so sorry for name Jean Pierre, and you're offended, but it's funny.
0: Ricardo Paletti saw the uh, first eight rounds, but we'll get to why he didn't. You know, make it through the rest of the season. It
1: seems like a lot of people just didn't race this season. No,
0: Tolman Hart had Derek Warwick and tail Fabi. Both drivers missed uh, round seven and eight,
1: but they didn't miss four. No. Okay. So,
0: this is super important. I don't really like talking about the, how should I say, sporting regulation changes in terms of, like, as, as like a comprehensive history, because this isn't what it is. It's from the perspective of a driver. Okay. But this is super important. So, there were sporting regulation changes in 1981 that were signed. These This was the Concord Agreement. I think we talked about this last We did, last a little year. bit last Okay. Time. This is what happened. All teams... Under the new Concord agreement, all teams were obligated to attend every single race. Mm-hmm. The driver's survival cell was now made mandatory, meaning that the driver, like the tub that the driver sat in, was supposed to be a survival cell that had to withstand a certain amount of force at different angles. Right,
1: it was safer for the drivers. And
0: now, carbon fiber was now seen as the way to achieve driver safety, right, right in the survival it's cell.
1: Stronger, lighter. Mm-hmm.
0: Lotus and McLaren were the two teams that had built full carbon fiber chassis. Okay. So, like, the bodies of the car, the tubes, everything was all carbon fiber. Yeah. It's a lot lighter, it's a lot stronger, and it's a Mm -hmm. lot more durable. Another thing that happened was the grid size increased from 30 spots to 34. However, this meant that pre-qualifying was now mandatory since only 24 cars were allowed on the race start. Okay. So... 14 cars had to vie for, or excuse me, 10 cars had to vie for position, hmm. meaning that the slowest five teams wouldn't make it.
1: So, my thing is, all teams are obligated to attend every race, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But Even we if just
1: went through and a ton of teams missed the fourth race. Uh,
0: this is, we'll, we will be getting to that. Okay, okay. We will I'm, be I'm getting to again. that. I'm just a you're, little confused. Yeah, you're pulling the triggers. I'm sorry. Super bad. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if you noticed how many pages of notes I have.
1: Does it say? Wait, I don't have my glasses on. I can't 34. See. Oh my god, we're gonna be here for a year.
0: Yeah, probably. Every race counted towards the championship as opposed to the best 11 finishes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's another thing I hadn't noted earlier, but it didn't really affect the championship that much. Turbos began to make a return. Okay. Because ground effect was, you know, not really right. the way to go. Some teams were still using the DFV, and as a result, they were down on power. Mm hmm. Teams got around this power disadvantage by using a loophole in how the weight of the car was measured. Certain liquids were allowed to be refilled during a pit stop. That was fuel. Fuel was predominantly the the thing that you could refill. Naturally aspirated cars were built very underweight. So the weight limit was about 585 kilograms. Somewhere around there, right? That's what the cars had to be. That's just like the body of the car. That was the minimum that they were required. But they filled the cars. They had tanks in the cars. Filled with just water. Just, Why? Yeah, we'll get to that. During the during the race, the water was slowly let go.
1: Okay. And
0: the teams got around this by oh, using the they excuse. Made their cars
1: lighter. Yes,
0: the teams go got around this by using the excuse that the brakes had to be cooled by water as opposed to air.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Good for (laughs) that. So,
0: ground effect side skirts made a return in 1982.
1: Yay, we love
0: that. the super stiff suspensions weren't (laughs) everyone's favorites, but that's what was agreed to under the Concord Agreement of 1981. Okay. Qualifying tires also made a return. Okay. Each driver had two sets of qualifying tires, and this would later become a problem for some. Okay. We'll get to that. Okay. Four companies now competed. So Avon was a tire company, mm-hmm. right? They supplied ATS, Ensign, March and Theodore. Okay. Pirelli supplied March, Fittipaldi, Arrows, O'sella and Tolman.
1: So March is just double dipping. Yeah. Okay.
0: Michelin supplied McLaren, ATS, Ensign, Renault Alfa Romeo and Ligier.
1: Okay, but and that's goodyear... Like the goodyear is tire guy,
0: right? Yes. Okay. And like Goodyear supplied Brabham Williams, Tyrrell Lotus, Ferrari, Theodore. Okay. Now you'll notice Goodyear has the big names of Formula One. They sub- they were like the best tires supplier, pretty much. Okay. So is that For... what I
1: should put on my car?
0: No, you can put whatever you want on your car. Just make sure it's good. Like Continentals are perfectly fine. Firestones, doesn't really matter. There is also the FISA Super License. Clusterfuck. This is what is I like that to a call. Technical it. name. This is the technical is that name what they for it. Yes. It? So, okay. this should honestly be its own standalone episode. <laughs> it's not gonna be. I condensed it. I condensed it a lot for this I appreciate because.
1: That. <laughs> uh,
0: what happened was FISA wanted more control over the drivers. Of course. It okay. Is. Jean-Marie Balestri was the FISA president, right? Okay. Remember the stupid, fucking dumb French asshole who. Not the threw Nazi up- guy, right? No, that's Mac Mosley. Okay. Jean-Marie was the guy who had Lotus's car. At the British GP of nineteen eighty one throw now because he didn't personally inspect it. That princess The petty yeah, bitch. The petty okay. Bitch. That's me. The drivers <laughs> now couldn't negotiate their own contracts with other teams. What the fuck? So this meant that the current teams negotiated the contracts and oh, handled the bargaining, no. meaning I was racing for Ferrari, right? Could you be? Yes, I okay. could be. So let's face for example I was with Ferrari and McLaren approached me. They couldn't approach me, they had to go to Ferrari and say, Who's Hey the fuck all hail Yeah. Oh, hell yeah no. So, the, McLaren would then have to, you know, ha, fucking hat in hand, go to Ferrari and be like, hey, you know, we want this driver, we'll pay him $8 million. Ferrari would be like, oh, okay, well, that's cute, well, it's 9 because there's a fine free of a million dollars. they, had they to, didn't find Yeah, him! no, but you know what I okay. mean? So, this... I hate that. ...was super fucked up. I hate that so much. They also banned freedom of speech, meaning that any driver who publicly said anything bad about FISA would be punished. Okay. In see, either a, uh, how should I say this, either a race ban or, like, a grid penalty. That kind so, of stuff. So, okay,
1: I know this happens in a lot of other sports, especially professional sports. Like, I know. I understand. It's just like when you're an NCAA athlete. Like, they, literally, your life, they control you. Like, yeah. you are their bitch.
0: Even though the NCAA should pay their fucking student, student players.
1: Oh, yeah, totally, but they can't, they, like, it's a whole thing. Anyways, I get it, but... Pay your players. I just they, do it, honestly. They work really hard, and they're going to school, and, like, they don't have time for outside job. Whatever. Not the point. The point is, what the fuck? Like, it's crazy to me that they ban freedom of speech. Yeah. Because, like, <clears throat> that's literally, like, and I know it's not an American sport, but it's constitutional. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So Not an Bernie sport, Ecclestone
0: though. was pissed at both of his drivers. Why? We'll get to this in a second. He fired PK <gasps> and Patrese to prove that they were expendable. No. Jean-Marie Balestre was a massive asshole.
1: Well, that's. I mean, yeah.
0: He gave drivers an ultimatum: sign the super license agreement, the new super license agreement, or fuck off. <laughs> None of the drivers <laughs> signed the new terms. Good what ended up happening was this leads us to the first week of the first race. Oh God. Round one, Kyle Lamy the 23rd of January, 1982. Kailagi? South Africa. Johannesburg.
1: Okay. okay. We should go there someday if it's, it's pretty. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah. During practice. Practice didn't take place. Oh. As I said, the drivers... None of the drivers signed up onto the new super license terms. Niki Lauda shuttled all of the drivers who showed up to practice on Friday into a bus and drove them to a hotel that's 5 miles down the road.
1: Okay, so I love that Nikki Lauda just like kidnapped all these drivers. And we're, like he was no. he,
0: he was the uh Grand Prix Drivers Association like president at the time. This no, was no, no, no. this like, was a this was like uh, a group that like represented all of the drivers. Which is great. I yeah. think
1: that's amazing. But like the way you said it, it sounded like Lauda was like absolutely no. Literally what he and he did. just like kidnapped them. No, that's me. exactly
0: <laughs> what he did. He waited for the drivers to get there and he said, "Hey, you you haven't signed, you can't drive, get in the car." My Literally. A March employee parked his car in front of the bus so it couldn't leave the track. Five drivers got out of the bus, picked it up, and moved it out of the way.
1: Who the fuck? Can you imagine being alive in a time where people just get out of a bus and pick a car up and (laughs) move it?
0: Yeah. So they moved the car out of the way because this March employee was like, Well, what the fuck? We're paying you all this money. Just sign on to the terms. You're just a driver, right? Some of the drivers were late, and they didn't know what was going on, so they stayed at the racetrack. I feel right? like
1: that would be me. I'd be like, oh, "I'm sorry, my <laughs> hair took too long to dry." Yeah,
0: unfortunately, Mark sure broke his f- uh, broke his feet in a preseason test. Give me a minute.
1: How did he break his feet? It was an accident. Of course, it was an accident. What kind of accident do you get in that breaks your feet?
0: You know what? I've already done so much research. I didn't really bother. I'm pretty sure it was like an a- like a activity accident. Like he was either driving or he was doing some idiotic adrenaline sport. And Patrick Tumbe. Oh, Bates-
1: like, wait. So like not even
0: driving driving I don't in remember a formula 1 I five. don't I I don't remember okay, anyways, he broke his feet broke
1: his feet and Patrick well, Tambay took his spot well yeah Tambay was like all right cool you yeah. can break your feet
0: qualifying took place okay PK in the Brabham BMW was second so
1: does this mean all the drivers signed now
0: We'll get to that. Okay. Just okay. you're jumping okay, the gun a little okay. bit. I'm
1: sorry. The
0: turbo car is dominated qualifying because of the high altitude. Right. Please. Okay. Because so if a turbo There's too charger... much
1: math I may explode. No, there's no math. Okay.
0: So a turbocharger works by sucking in air.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We went over that. As this. the car moves, I remember. it
0: spins a little turbine. That turbine then is powered back into the engine. The turbine also like collects the Anywho.
1: Yeah, I remember. We talked about it last time.
0: Yes. So the new BMW partnership was looking pretty bright. The car was him. super fast because okay. P.K. was... He was a good driver. Yeah, he was a great driver, and he capitalized on that. And he had a good that. car. Okay. Patrese was fourth. Oh,
1: my God. He actually had a teammate who placed Yeah.
0: <laughs> which was much better than Hector <laughs> Rovake, who, you know... yeah, well. Mierda. Okay. Rene Rene took pull, though. Okay. Renault introduced the turbo five years prior in 1977, and the turbo investment was actually starting to pay off. Okay. At the time, in 1977, nobody really looked at the turbo and thought that it was fruitful, but they were scared. They wanted to ban it originally because right. they were like, we know the potential that it could have. Mm-hmm. John Watson and Nikki Lauda were 9th and 13th. Just Which for like,
1: Lauda, I mean, that's not bad considering mm-hmm. he just took a year off. His yeah. face is like half melted. I mean, he's he's doing okay. I don't know Lauda, about Watson. Lauda, he could have Lauda been
0: took three or four. Four years off because he retired, I think, in seventy eight or seventy nine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, way back. Okay, so
1: he's so, he's doing okay for just coming. <clears throat> Nicky
0: Lauda was. Oh god, I don't want to. I don't want to get too ahead of myself because in nineteen eighty four, Nicky Lauda wins. We something. don't need
1: to talk about what he wins in nineteen eighty four. We're on nineteen eighty two. What are you doing? Co- oh, you jump okay. In the okay. Yeah, breaking the maybe
0: Nicky Lauda had a reputation for being somebody <laughs> who wasn't a great qualifier, but it was exceptional in race. Yeah, in races, he tended to favor a race setup because the race was. Where you made your points, right? In the race. Speaking of, PK retired on lap three after he spun off because his brakes began to fade. What is a meaning what? that like when you go to hit the brakes, they stop working? Oh shit! It's not just like the brake pedal freezes; it's like you hit the brakes and like you they wear out pretty much. Oh fuck! Yeah,
1: I I would literally like yeah. What happened?
0: Yeah, Ricardo Patrese's turbo blew up and he also retired. Wait, Pro- like exploded? Yeah. Okay. Turbo failures are super common.
1: Okay, great. That sounds safe.
0: Mm-hmm. Pross went on to win the race. Good for him. A tire puncture on lap 41 saw his wheel disintegrating, and when he and then then he entered the pits, right? Well, he, I would hope so. He went on to take the lead calmly as he made his <laughs> way through the field.
1: He was like, yeah, it's fine. Pretty it's good. Fine.
0: So yeah, this is where Nelson Piquet pretty much started his year off. Okay. Super fast, but... And
1: spinning out. Mechanical
0: retirement, way. yeah. Okay. Carlos Reutemann was actually second.
1: I still can't believe he's like... Racing yeah. this
0: season. Rene Arnoux, Lauda, and Rosberg and Watson rounded out the last points finishing positions. Meaning the standings to date: Prost has nine points, Redman has six, Arnoux has four, Lauda has three, Rosberg has got two, John Watson has one point, and Nelson Piquet is on zero. This is the last podium for an Argentinian driver to date. Wow. Yeah. This takes us to the second round in Jacarepawa the 21st of march 1982 so in practice the water cooled brakes were introduced by the dfv teams in order to claw back some of the power deficit between them and the turbos right brabham reverted back to the bt49 because they wanted to further develop the bt50 okay and the car was very fast but unreliable the mm. bt50 as we just saw yeah. was on the front row but not reliable so in qualifying prost took his pole position Jules Villeneuve was second Rosberg, K.K. Rosberg in the Williams was third. Okay. Uh, he was the highest placed non turbo car. P.K. and Patrese were seventh and ninth. They were both running the old BT49D mm-hmm. variation. And in the race, Nelson P.K. actually went on to win it. Oh,
1: good for him.
0: Rosberg was second. Okay. Both cars were later disqualified because FISA found the water-cooled brakes <gasps> no! excuse valid. So this is how it worked. I didn't really go into too much detail earlier, but 26 liters of water, which is approximately 57 pounds. Yeah, that's a shit ton of water. Or 25 kilos were slowly let out throughout the race. They weren't filled up during, so the cars ended up weighing underweight. Oh, at
1: the end of the race.
0: However, the FOCA teams, uh, excuse me, the teams running the water-cooled brakes were able to refill that water after the race. Mm. So they weren't underweight, technically. Okay. FOCA teams, the FOCA teams were pissed, and they both boycotted the San Marino GP as a result. Remember, Formula One Constructors Association, these are the Garagistas. Yep. Brabham was one of them. They're led by Bernie Ecclestone. Right. Prost was later given the race win. <gasps> Watson and Mansell rounded what? off the podium. That makes me like so they, they didn't work Some out. people
1: are just thin. Yeah. Like, good for you. Yeah. But, like, also, fuck off. Yeah, literally. I just can't. I don't know. I Pro- like look at cake and I gain 10 pounds.
0: Carlos Reutemann retired right after this race. Patrick Head, Williams' technical director, said... That when he was with Carlos, he felt like Carlos didn't have his heart in it anymore. Well, okay,
1: but I feel like this this is hard. Because he just had one of the, like, craziest friggin' seasons the year before. Yeah, And I feel like, oh, his heart wasn't in it. No, his heart wasn't anywhere. He was trying to figure out what he was doing. Like, this guy's going through, like, serious traumatic events that he went through. And... He's still just working all the time. And I know that back then that was, like, how it was viewed to deal with that stuff. But we know now that's, like, the least effective way to do things. And so, of course, his heart isn't in it. He's dealing with a lot. He probably has some major PTSD from, I mean, running Amadeo. Giovanni Amadeo. Amadeo over. I'll I'll get your name right someday, I promise. I'm sorry.
0: Rest in peace, though. Yeah.
1: Um, Like, he's going through a lot. I don't know. And I, I understand it's different back then. Like, they view things very differently. It's just crazy to me. Yeah. Like, nobody looked at what he was doing and was like, maybe the guy needs a break. Like,
0: "Ah." Carlos Reutemann was touted for a political career in Argentina, and the Falklands War was pretty much seen as, like, an excuse for him to retire and go into politics. He
1: went into politics? Uh, yes. Good for him. Yep. Also, sorry if you hear my roommate yelling again. I mean, apartment
0: living. He's playing Warzone, and that's understandable. Oh my god,
1: no, it's not.
0: Manfred Winklehawk scored his first ever points in F1 with the ATS team as a result of the disqualification. Nigel Mansell scored a podium. It was the second of his career, and his first was in Belgium the year before. So the championship standings to date are Prost leading with 18, Watson had 7, Reutemann had 6, Arnoux had 4, and Mansell had 4. Okay. PK was still on 0. (sighs)
1: <sighs> Even though I should have so, caught six or nine
0: The Wait. third round of the championship Is at Long Beach The 4th of April 1982 With Fordham retiring It was really funny uh, Frank Williams convinced Mario Andretti To come over and drive a one-off race for the team When asked why Mario Andretti literally said I had nothing better to, Like I had nothing else to do That's me Yeah I would do that Because he was racing in cart at the time In the like the American like Car. Like if you know what Car is do you yeah, know I, yeah I know Imagine that but like in the 80s It used like, to be called like Cart. In qualifying, the you know, seventy-eight world champion Mario Andretti qualified fourteenth. Oh. His teammate Rosberg was eighth. Good for him. Nelson Piquet was sixth Oish. and Patrese was eighteenth. Oh both were using the night uh the BT forty nine D. Okay, so this is the, the... This is the old one. Ford engine. Ford. yep, okay. DFE. Long Beach doesn't really need turbos because it's super small. Right, right. And right. dense. Andrea DeCesaris scored his first ever pole position. Good
1: for DeCrasheris.
0: Yeah, and Laudo was right behind him.
1: Good for Lauda.
0: In the McLaren. Right. Both Renaults were over half a second off the pole time. Turbo lag was really bad back in the day because it was all mechanical. They didn't have any sort of electronic... ECU that controlled them mm-hmm. so like you got all of the power in the last like 1000 RPM Right. so in a really twitchy circuit like Long Beach it would be it hard to cool. maintain that very yeah. hard yeah Mario Andretti retired with suspension problems Aww. in the race DeCesaris was holding on to the lead until Nicky Lauda began to apply pressure on him
1: so he hasn't crashed so
0: far DeCesaris no he's doing good Prost retired with brake failure, oh. and PK retired because he fucking made a mistake. What did he do? I had no idea. How do you not know? Couldn't find out. Okay. Ricardo Patrese finished third behind Rosberg. Uh, Lado won the race... And it was his first win since 1978
1: in Monza. Yay, Lauda. Gilles I love Villeneuve, Lauda. Yeah,
0: Gilles Villeneuve was disqualified for an illegal rear wing. And I have a picture of this rear wing that I'm going to show okay. you. This okay. is what the rear wing looked like. Do you see how he has two separate rear, rear yeah, wings? He's fuck? got one right there and one over there. What is that? That was a very blatant statement by Ferrari because there was this ridiculous, like, wing. There was, like, a minimum wing. Requirement okay, and so it didn't say that you couldn't have two of your wings. <laughs> so Ferrari did this, and they were that later suck. disqualified because Ferrari the F. I was
1: like, Well, you didn't say we couldn't,
0: literally. I mean,
1: <laughs> to be fair, I, I, I mean, do that at work a lot. I'm like, You didn't say I couldn't technically,
0: do that. they could do that under the rules, they could, but, but they were still like, No, I mean, look Ferrari. at it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, you know? that's silly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Like, I don't even... That's such an unattractive way to set up a car.
0: Yeah, it's... Oh, God, I love the old cars from the 80s, though. The standings today, Prost led with 18 points. Lauda had 13. Rosberg and Watson were on 8, and Carlos Reutemann was on 6th. Okay. Nelson but Reutemann's
1: P- out. Like, he's not in yeah, a race I, again. I, he's so- still in
0: the standings, though. He's okay. still top 5. He's okay. not going to be after this. So, P.K., no points. Okay. Okay. This brings us to San Marino, round four.
1: Round four, where I'm pissed yep. because I don't know what happened. The
0: 25th of April, 1982. Okay. Brabham, Williams, Lotus, and McLaren. These are the FOCA teams. Oh. They all boycotted the race after the disqualification of Nelson Piquet and, and K.K. Rosberg.
1: Okay. Okay, so they boycotted. That's why they weren't there.
0: FISA versus FOCA was brought to a boil again. Of
1: course, because, like, the ugh.
0: <laughs> Tyrrell, Coleman. Ocella, and ATS had also agreed to the boycott, they bitched out because of, <laughs> because of sponsorship oh obligations. Unless That's we the like, excuse yeah, no, they used. those
1: guys. And we were like, you know what, we gotta, um, we gotta keep that sponsorship up. We're gonna go. Kay? Keep in mind... It's not you, it's us.
0: These were all backmarkers. So That's sponsorship hilarious. to them is like, like their lifeline.
1: Oh, no, I know. But I think it's funny that they were like, it's not you, it's me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the qualifying was dismal. There was a 14-car field.
1: Oh my god. As
0: opposed to the, what, 34 entries? That, mm. So 20 of the cars just weren't there. The only real competitors there were Renault and Ferrari. Okay. Because they were part of FISA.
1: Right, not FOCA.
0: Rene Arnoux and Alain Prost were first and second. Okay. Gilles Villeneuve was a second behind Arnoux. Villeneuve. Villeneuve. In third position, right? Right. Peroni was fourth and over two seconds slower Jesus than Arnoux. Jesus Christ.
1: So you could see like the like the top players, and then everyone else was like, we're getting Well, there.
0: the funny thing is that Arnoux and Prost were Renault drivers. Gil Villeneuve and Didier Peroni were Ferrari drivers. So the first four spots were just taken up by two teams.
1: Well, yeah, because yeah. they're the best teams that are there.
0: A little funny tidbit. LSAO Salazar was the last car to qualify. Okay. But there's no pre-qualifying, right? right? So he was going to make it on the grid anyways. He was last and 6.669 seconds Jesus. behind our Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, which means that it would only take, like, 50 laps for him to be, like, lapped, which is, you know what I mean? Like, and that's not counting a pit stop. DDA Peroni and Gilles Villeneuve in the race had an agreement to not pass each other, meaning that if one was ahead of the other and they were leading one-two, they wouldn't pass each other and they'd respect that.
1: They're in the same team, right? Yes. Okay.
0: You, you know. So they were
1: like, just to avoid the Jones Roedman situation. Yep, we're gonna just set this right now.
0: Yeah, it was like whoever led, I think, into the first corner. This was Imel is famous for having those kinds of agreements, and we'll get into that later Unlike on in the decade.
1: Jones and Roedman.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, see, they didn't communicate, and uh, for any of you out there in a relationship, y'all better communicate.
1: I guess, but it's also important to not over commu- not not over communicate. Take your time if you need it. Breathe. Yes. Some of us need Please. more time than others. <laughs> Don't look at me like an, that. Okay. Anywho,
0: whenever Gilles Villeneuve was ahead of Didier Peroni, he slowed his pace down by two seconds every single lap. I hate that. Which is an, an enormous huge. amount. That's huge. Yeah, no, it's it's huge. Did I say huge? No, I said huge. Like Wait, Trump. I thought you said it because I said it. No. Wait, well, because you said huge, but I was huge. like Huge. Like, Abby Lee Miller Dance, Moms. Dance Moms, She'll be like, it's
1: babe. a huge deal,
0: okay? Ew. Well, she's built like Trump, so... Stop! <laughs> That's
1: so mean. <laughs> That's... Isn't
0: it's she okay. in, like, a
1: wheelchair now?
0: I've not I'm pretty sure that she's in,
1: all. like, a wheelchair now. And she went to prison.
0: Yeah, she went to prison, I know that. <laughs> 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 Anywho, Peroni didn't slow down when he was ahead of Gilles Villeneuve, right? Okay. Oh, excuse me, when Gilles was ahead, Peroni overtook him. But when Gilles overtook him to retake the lead, he slowed down. So Peroni was just being a dick.
1: Wait, so they had agreed not to do what they're doing?
0: Yes. Gilles, Gilles was honoring, because what happened, Gilles led at the beginning. Peroni wasn't supposed to be overtaking him. But Peroni overtook him anyway. Peroni overtook him. So then and Gilles, Gilles, Gilles sped Peroni. up. Yeah, he sped up, because he's like, what the fuck, we had an agreement. And then right as he, like, overtook him, slow down, two seconds left.
1: Why would he do that?
0: Because they're teammates. Jill was, so, okay. was, like, honest, but he was a psycho.
1: So I'm born between, like... <laughs> It's a race, it's a competition. Yes, you're on a team, you're still competing against each other, though. And, like, Gilles was honoring his agreement, which is great. There's no reason he needed to slow down, though.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, him slowing down was just asking for an accident.
0: Yeah. Peroni returned the favor by eating himself in front of Gilles and taking the lead.
1: Yeah, of course he did, because Gilles slowed down by two seconds.
0: So, after the race, Gilles was so heated with Peroni that he swore to never speak to him again.
1: Okay, that's so dramatic.
0: McKaylee Alberto scored a podium for Tyrell, I mean... Tyrell. Yes.
1: It's Tyrell. Tyrell like, Williams. I know yes. it's Tyrell, but it's yes. Tyrell. It's still...
0: Manfred Wunkelhawk was disqualified for being underweight. I know this you is mean the his first car,
1: but that just sounds so bad.
0: Yeah. This is the first race in 16 years where there were less finishers and there were points-giving positions. Yikes. Yeah, the last race that this happened at was Monaco in 1966. Wow. The standings again, Prost, Lauda, Peroni, Alboreto, Rosberg, PK had zero points, he didn't attend. The fifth round of the championship was in Zolder, this was the 9th of May, 1982. In qualifying, Gilles felt so betrayed by Peroni for passing but Imola that Gilles was out and he was on a set of qualifying tires and was mobbing, right? Mm -hmm. He was, he had already planned on entering the pits and was just driving fast Mm -hmm. and he wasn't going to go for a faster time, but he was just being Gilles and speeding like fucking crazy. Okay. Jochen Mass was on the racing line out of uh, Butte corner when he saw Gilles approaching. Okay. So what happened was- to to the right
1: Instead of just one. So if one had moved to the right, they'd have been fine.
0: Gilles Villeneuve was flung out of his car- Oh
1: my God. And
0: into the air- and the car came nose first, crashing oh, down. Oh my god! The seat was literally thrown out. Oh god! Of the car, and his helmet was thrown off too. So Wait, what happened so was, did
1: he just not have his helmet on, or his helmet? His had helmet come was off like his, fel-
0: his helmet. came off in the crash. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he landed. That shit.
1: Like I've seen your racing helmet. That shit is on there. This
0: was eighties safety standards. Okay. Yeah. So, he landed on the catch fencing
1: and webbing, Vienuweb- yeah. Vienuweb- his body, and Vienuweb- Yeah,
0: he was flung out of his car. What? The yeah. Fuck. Derek Warwick and John Watson pulled over and went straight to him. He was. Gilles was taken to the hospital and was diagnosed with a fatal neck fracture. Obviously,
1: this fucking guy. He
0: died at the age of 32. He was incredibly he was young. So young. He left behind his son Jacques and his daughter Melanie.
1: And Jacques races, right? Jacques. Jacques Vienuweb- was the 1997 Vienuweb- world champion. Vienuweb- champion. Somebody tell me how to say this. Jack Villeneuve. 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 Villeneuve? Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay.
0: Qualifying had eight minutes left, but it was canceled.
1: Oh, wait. So they'll cancel. They will. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. They will cancel qualifying. Because of. No. Because of driver yeets himself into fencing because he's driving recklessly. He, he,
0: no, it was a mis- misunderstanding between two drivers.
1: Because one of them was driving recklessly.
0: No, one of them was on qualifying tires, but he was just... Okay, Who's driving reckless, recklessly. Thank whatever. you. He. They will
1: cancel qualifying. An innocent mechanic who did nothing wrong except be clumsy gets run over and dies. Mm-hmm. And they're still like, eh, we're fine, keep going. Yeah. Okay.
0: So... Ferrari pulled out his other car as a mark of respect for the driver. Again, Gilles, I don't want to talk
1: one more time. Innocent mechanic died. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm okay.
0: Enzo Ferrari and Gilles Villeneuve were incredibly close. Gilles was like a pretty much like a son to Enzo Ferrari. And there are plenty of photographs out there of Enzo Ferrari and Gilles Villeneuve, like just sitting next to each other. That kid scared
1: me. I'm sorry. <laughs> they were
0: sitting next to each other, like on this at the same height, which is super important because for Enzo, if you were sitting next to him, you would have a chair that was below him. Yeah, you have a chair was like a little. It's lower. a big
1: like Italian thing mm-hmm. where like men who are like like if you're above someone, you are literally above them. Yeah, Gilles wasn't that.
0: that. They were like they were equals. Enzo that's loved crazy. this guy. I mean, that's
1: yeah. that's a big thing. Yeah. Especially for old, traditional Italian men.
0: So, we're going to go ahead and have a moment of silence for um, Gil Villeneuve. Nelson Piquet was 10th and Patrese was 11th. Both were running the BT50. Prost and Arnoux locked out the front row again. Rosberg was 3rd and Derek Daly was 15th.
1: Okay.
0: Piquet finished 5th in the race. It was his first finish of 1982. Yay. Patrese retired after spinning out. He was only 5th, though. Yeah. Uh, He scored, what, 2 points?
1: I mean, John, still, it's two points.
0: John Watson won another race after taking the lead from KK Rosberg.
1: Okay.
0: KK wasn't doing well because his tires were worn out, mm. Um, but he finished second ahead of Cheever, and uh, this was the first <laughs> Ch- points... I don't
1: know why I find Cheever's name. <laughs> the first podium
0: for Eddie Cheever. Good for him. Chico Serra scored at one point, and this was the, not only the last points for Fittipaldi, but the first and only point for Chico Serra.
1: Yikes. So, Nikki Fittipaldi Lauda. only had one driver this season? I think so. Wow. Okay.
0: Nicky Lauda was disqualified for being underweight.
1: He, 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 I know it's his car. I'm sorry. I just, it's so funny.
0: The standings to date are Prost with 18, Watson has 17, Rosberg, Lauda, and Peroni, and then PK had two points.
1: Well, what about Reutemann? He has four points.
0: Yeah, but he's not... Oh, because he didn't the... win points No, recently. I mean, he, he had retired. Oh. No, he's retired. He's not good. I, I took him out of the championship, but fuck that guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, you didn't
1: the last year. time, so.
0: But that's because he had retired, like, at the end of that race. Okay, okay. Doesn't matter. Anyway, okay. we are now at Monaco, the 23rd of May, 1982. In qualifying, Ricardo Patrese was second, and Nelson Piquet was 15th. Jesus. Yeah. Rene Arnoux took pole again. Bruno Giacomelli in the Alfa Romeo was third. He was very underrated. Um, but he retired the race with a halfshaft failure. In the race, Ricardo Patrese won his first ever race. A high attrition rate saw the last few laps be a clusterfuck of retirements. So it was literally called the race that no one wanted to win. Oh, every leader for like the last three or four laps retired for whatever reason. Oh my god! Yeah, PK had a turbo blowout and he retired. So this was a very dismal championship, um, like defense, like a title defense. Yes. Yeah, Didier Peroni and the sole Ferrari was second.
1: So, Ferrari only has one car in mm-hmm. the game now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they retired the car after Villeneuve. Vill- Villeneuve. Villeneuve. See, I always say his name like it's Villeneuve and I confuse myself. Villeneuve yeeted himself into a fence.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, the top three positions in the championship are Cross with 18, Watson was 17, Peroni had 16, Rosberg was on 14, Patrese was on 13, and Piquet was on 2. So you can see that the top five, I should say, Mm -hmm. are very bunched together. Like he could swing at any moment. If James won another race, he'd be leading. And then you have PK. Yeah, and then you have PK who (laughs) (laughs) still has two points. However, being the first like race win for a driver and having it be Monaco, that was also super special. Round seven takes us to Detroit on the sixth of June nineteen eighty two. Okay. It's the sixth different race in the United States ever to be held in the United States. Okay, good for them. It was the first in the motor city. Which I find ironic. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons they held it at Detroit was because people were like, oh, it's in the Motor City. Tolman didn't participate in the Grand Prix because shipping costs are probably believed to be the reason. It was super expensive. to ship the car. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) They were like, fuck no. Patrick Tambay was given the role of number two driver at Ferrari. You know what they didn't have back then? What? Amazon free two-day shipping. Sponsor us. Yikes.
1: Amazon sponsors.
0: (laughs) Patrick Tambay didn't take part in the Grand Prix, though.
1: Oh, Qualifying.
0: PK failed to qualify. Oh, mm-hmm. yikes. Yeah, he was cut out during the split qualifying sessions. This was the first time ever in his career that he had failed to qualify. Well, that's
1: rough. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, like especially right after,
0: right right after winning the after championship.
1: Winning. Thank you for yeah. saying what I couldn't.
0: Patrese was 14th, but only set a time in the second qualifying session when the track was damp and the conditions weren't ideal. Oh. Both were running the new BT50, so okay. there were still some kinks to iron out. Mm-hmm. Winklehawk was fifth in his ATS, which is super high mm-hmm. for a shitty back marker. Prost took another pole position but he was still qual- uh, recovering from his crash in Monaco where he fucked up his feet. So what did he so do? So he was with coming t- out of the, he came out of the tunnel and went to the hairpin. It wasn't really mm-hmm. a hairpin back in the day. It was literally just like a little fish
1: Okay. So like a chicane?
0: It was, uh, chicane? No, because now the, the corner that you have right after the tunnel now is a chicane. But what you had back then was sort of just like a little like... It's a corner. It was kind of... Yeah, I'm, you can call it a chicane. Just
1: call it a corner. It was a corner. Okay. Yeah, really <laughs>
0: weird. Prost was coming out of that, I think, and he spun out because the track was like wet or something. What? Yeah.
1: Oh, and he injured his feet? Yeah. That's it? Pretty bad crash. Okay.
0: But he's, he's okay. Well, clearly. In the race, Watson won again. Good for him. This was the first mention of something that was later given to Senna. It was called the Lap of the Gods. Where Watson went from 4th to 1st to win the race. Wow. Watson started 17th on the grid. Oh my god. Yeah. PK didn't score any points.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So, Watson leads the championship with 26 points. Peroni had 20, process 18... Followed by Rosberg, Patrese, and PK Down. With his with, two points. Was with his cute little two points, yeah.
1: <laughs> He's trying his best. Round
0: eight takes us to the circuit Gilles Villeneuve in Canada. It's this, they
1: named a circuit after him? It was the
0: circuit that they'd been racing at before. They named it after him because, you know, local hero.
1: I mean, I... Wait, was he Canadian? Yes. Oh. I think it's... I... I think it's good that they named a race track after... Him, but until I see an Amadeo racetrack, I don't care.
0: Ferrari didn't have a second car prepared for Patrick Tambay to start Canada, even though he was contracted to, so they oh. missed out on two races. So he also like, set this race out.
1: I think, and this is like obviously speculation because I don't know, I feel like Ferrari did that on purpose. I feel like he was like, nobody, like no one who's replacing Gilles Villeneuve mm-hmm. should be racing on his track, literally his track. Yeah. I think that's a very, like, intentional, like, accidental with air quotes around it situation. Yeah,
0: I agree. Tolman also didn't make it to the race. The team is based out of Essex, and it's probably cheaper for them to race in Europe than to have their car shipped overseas, which is understandable. Yeah.
1: But I feel like you should just have cars, like, i tell us, like that's a super simple task, Mm -hmm. to just have a car sitting in the U.S., but... Like, that's... I guess it makes a lot of sense why Formula One isn't as popular in the US because...
0: It's so expensive. It is so and expensive. And you need, like, and, six races in the championship just to have, like, a chance at, you know,
1: Well, right. That, marketability. and, like, I... I mean, I, I get it. Europe is, like, the epicenter of everything. You've got a lot of people attached. Like, Europe and Asia are all, like, connected. It's... I get it, I just, it's, it's sad. Because yeah. it's a really cool sport. I think it could yeah. do well here. So
0: in practice, PK suffered a misfiring engine in the BT-50 before the first practice session. Nice. So... The team wanted his spare car to be the old uh, BT49. DDA earned a pole position. He dedicated it to Gilles Villeneuve and it was the last pole position of DDA Peroni's career. Oh, Arnoux and Prost weren't far behind, meaning that they were and second third. and third. PK was fourth okay. in the BT50. Ricardo Patrese so was. does eighth. that mean
1: PK did not use the different car? He,
0: he in practice he used the BT49, but oh, in okay, qualifying okay. he used the BT50. Got it. Ricardo Patrese was eighth. He was using using the BT49D. Okay. Chico Seta was dead last
1: i thought you were gonna say he was dead and i was like what no, happened
0: <laughs> he was 10.169 seconds oh behind my first place God. super common <sighs> so in the race dda in you know french fashion stalled his car right after the lights <laughs> they'd taken too long to turn on and some of the cars crashed into him oh,
1: of course they did so
0: Ra- raul Bosel hit peroni and it sent the ferrari towards ricardo paletti now Poletti was doing about 80 miles per hour and slammed right into the rear wing of, of DDA, right? Oh god. What happened is the front of Ricardo Poletti's Osella oh, literally no. wrapped itself around Poletti. So what happened no, is the front of his no, car No, 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 no. Hold no, on. No. Okay. The front of his car was literally like caved in on him. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. And Poletti was still inside the car. Oh god. Eventually the fuel began to leak no. out of the car and Poletti was engulfed in flames. No. So, so when the fire was taken care of by Peroni and Doctor Sid Watkins, they were the first to arrive on the scene, right? Oh. Um, it took about thirty minutes to remove Paletti from but the car. He was
1: already on fire because it
0: had to be done safely. But the, he was fire, on no, the fire, no, the fire, the fire was taken care of very quickly. But like, but I, he
1: he had already been on fire. No,
0: but I like the footage. It did, it only lasted like maybe fifteen seconds, and okay, he was You fine. be
1: on fire for fifteen
0: seconds? I pupils were dilated when the medical oh. personnel arrived to take him to the hospital. And also, he didn't have a heartbeat. No. So Ricardo, this is what's really depressing. Ricardo Poletti died on the second race he started in in no. Formula One. His mother was at the stands to oh. celebrate his twenty fourth birthday next it's week. Worse. Yeah. So Ricardo Poletti was gonna turn twenty four the week after this. That's. That's and his like, mom was like twenty four. Like, yeah, his mom came to like visit him oh at the racetrack God. and like support him. Unfortunately, the race was restarted. Mm. Nelson PK won, and Patrese made it a Brabham one too. Mm. This was the first win for a BMW-powered Formula One car. The cool yeah. weather in Canada suited the turbos because they didn't overheat. Didn't
1: uh, get a racetrack named after him? No. Okay.
0: Andrea De Cesaris finished the race even though he ran out of fuel, but he made it over 90% distance. Mm. So, the championship to date, John Watson still leads with 30 points. Pretty commanding lead over Peroni. It's a full race win. Peroni has 20, Patrese has 19. Prost is 18, Rosberg's on 17, Laura is on 12, and Pique's on 11. So, mm-hmm. little moment of silence for Riccardo Poletti also. This takes us to the ninth round at Zandvoort. Patrick Tambay finally moved to Ferrari after they got their shit together. Patrick Tambay had kind of had enough yeah, I of, would imagine. of racing for the first eight races, and he kind of missed out. But they coaxed him out of retirement, which would end up being really good for Patrick Tambay, because he went on to win a couple of races. Mm-hmm. BMW changed the fuel mix in their turbo engine, and this meant that PK said the power delivery was a lot smoother and that the engine was more charismatic of the DFV in terms of like power delivery. It was a lot smoother, didn't like kind of like stutter when it gave power. In qualifying, PK was third in the BT50 and Patrese was down in 10th. Uh, Rene Arnoux again locked out the front row, and Alan Pross was second. So in the race, PK finished second in the race and Patrese was 15th. He was 50, he was three laps down and dead last, No, but he was rocking the new BT50.
1: No, good for him.
0: Rosberg finished third, and DDA won his last race for Ferrari. Mm. So the standings to date, John Watson still leads on 30. Okay. DDA Peroni was on 29. Okay. KK Rosberg was on 21. He was three spots up from the last race. Okay. Patrese was on 19, Prost was on 18, and PK was on 17. He was moved up a spot from the last race. No. Good for him. This takes us to Brands Hatch, the 18th of July, 1982. And where is Brands Hatch? Uh, Britain. Okay. Ricardo Patrese in qualifying was second, and Nelson Piquet was third. Mm-hmm. Alberato was ninth in his Tyrrell, and K.K. Rosberg took... Tyrell. Tyrell. K.K. Rosberg took pole in the naturally aspirated Williams. They were still running the DFV. In the race, Rosberg shit the bed, and he stalled his car on the, on the race start. Right. I think on the, fo- like the formation lap, so he got to a spot, and he stalled his car, so when he got it turned on again, he had to go... All the way around, and he oh, started dead last. Oh, yikes! Yeah. So Patrese, uh, in good spirit, and a, a nod <laughs> to Rosberg, he also stalled, and Renee New ended up re rending him. Uh, of course, it so did. Nelson Piquet took the lead after the accident. <laughs> However, he retired on lap oh eleven with a fuel pump God. failure. So, so Gordon Murray's the car's designer. He's also a South African, Mm-hmm. and he introduced something mid-race called refueling. Right mm-hmm. now, refueling was seen as something. Previously, is like oh you run out of fuel and you go in for more fuel, but Gordon Murray was like if we don't fuel the cars up all the way and then we just have them come in, right? They'll be a lot faster. So the cars would start the race race with way less fuel than it needed to finish the race, Mm -hmm. and by a certain point in the race, the car would pit for just enough fuel to finish. Right. This is taken directly from a quote uh, by Gordon Murray quote for every pound weight of fuel a car would be around a hundredth of a second a lap slower whereas fitting fresh tires would bring a huge advantage in lap time of up to two and a half seconds. Okay. Yeah. Since the fuel pumps failed, PK wasn't able to finish the race. Had he not retired, I honestly think he would have won because he was running the refueling strategy. Murray Walker estimated, Murray Walker's a commentator, very famous like broadcaster. He estimated that the cars had to be 26 seconds overall faster than the other drivers in order for it to work meaning that it took 26 seconds to enter the pits and to leave it, including the pit stop. And Gordon Murray, in trying to make this uh, more like attainable, had titanium air jacks with two separate airlines fitted into the car. Okay. And these air jacks were uh, literally like you'd plug it into the airline yeah. and they'd come out of the bottom, mm-hmm. like IndyCar style. Yeah. And uh, one was, as I said, just for lifting the jacks. The other one would cool the turbos that were spinning fast as fuck so they wouldn't <laughs> overheat okay. if they were stopped for too long. Now, pressurized fuel was pumped into the car at a rate of 130 liters in three seconds. This is about 34 and a half gallons, right? That's crazy. In three seconds. Okay. And it was pressurized. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, Murray recorded the pit stops, right? Gordon Murray recorded the pit stops and played them back to the mechanics so they could practice pit stops. Fitting the tires as fast as possible, making sure that when you go to put the fuel pump in... It's there, mm-hmm. and whatever. Nicky Lauda went on to win the race. Good for him. Peroni was second. Patrick Tambay in the Ferrari was third, and it was his first ever podium. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a Ferrari 2-3. Okay. So Peroni took over the championship lead with 35 points. John mm-hmm. Watson was second with 30. PK was down on 17 points. Uh, he fell down one place from the last race, meaning mm-hmm. he wasn't having a great title defense. So the 11th round uh, takes us to Paul Ricard in France. It's okay. the 25th of, the Jul- of July. Nineteen eighty-two. Okay. Patrese was fourth, and PK was sixth. Okay. So, the under-fueling, right, of the Brabhams saw them catch up to the Renaults in terms of race pace mm-hmm. within the first four laps. Okay. So, already they were incredibly fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, PK retired with an engine failure, okay. and Patrese felt bad, so he also blew up his engine.
1: I don't think he did that on purpose. Yeah. And okay.
0: so, this meant that uh, PK stayed on 17 points. Oof. Rounded 12- was at Hockenheim on the 8th of August 1982. Mm-hmm. During qualifying, DDA Peroni had provisional pole and went into qualifying on top, right? Okay. Meaning that the fastest lap on practice was provisional pole, so that if qualifying on Saturday didn't take place, mm-hmm. Sunday, the fastest time from practice would be used for pole position. Okay. So he was one second faster than second place. Saturday was super wet and Peroni was still really fast. Okay. When Alan Prost was driving really slowly because he couldn't see. Didier oh, hit the back God. of Prost Renault. No. The Ferrari was launched over Prost's car and came crashing down. DDA Peroni broke both his legs and his career was over.
1: Okay, why are Ferrari cars just launching themselves into the air he and crashing He
0: wasn't down? fully recovered until about a few years later. Didier Peroni's championship was over at the last race, not PK. Mm-hmm. So, correction. So, Peroni bo- broke both of his legs and his career was over. Okay. Uh, there was an interview he did with Murray Walker in 1983, mm-hmm. and he still wasn't able to fully press down on a brake pedal. Jesus. So he was saying, oh, yeah, well, I mean, give, give me a couple months, I'll be able to maybe fully press down on one, and he was still walking with crutches. Mm. So, nope, this was this was a very unique race because nobody started on pole position. Okay. Tombe, Patrick Tombe, took his maiden Formula One win with Ferrari. Okay. PK retired, he took the lead on the first lap because he was underfueled very fast right he crashed out trying to overtake Eliseo salazar there's footage of nelson pk trying to fight salazar no! <laughs> yeah because it, it was coming into one of the two chicanes i think it was the first chicane Eliseo salazar was being lapped mm-hmm. and Eliseo salazar like clipped the back of him so pk spun out pk oh. within like five seconds got out of his car and ran to Eliseo salazar oh, who was god. trying to like apologize oh god and, like smacked his helmet and like oh, threw god. a couple <laughs> of kicks and punches and it was really funny uh patrese also retired
1: okay patrese retired with yeah. dramatic effect
0: yeah so pk not too great mm. still on 17 points there are four gps left okay. meaning that there are 36 points still left for the race winners pk was still in the championship if nobody else scored points he'd win you know for a hypothetical
1: right which as we've learned is this not gonna happen.
0: happen yeah the 13th round of the championship takes us to the Österreich ring.
1: No, yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah.
0: It took place the 15th of August, 1982. Okay. PK took another pole position. Good for him. Ricardo Patrese made it a Brabham 1-2.
1: Also good for him.
0: Yes. On the race, on lap one, Nelson Piquet made a great start, but he fucked up his perfectly good tire by blistering. What does that mean? Blistering is when you, how should I say this? little bubbles start to form on the surface of the tire, okay. meaning that the, that little bubble is going to significantly reduce the amount of grip you have. So they're right. literally like little boils okay. on the tire, but, but there's no like fluid inside like, of it. how does that like
1: cause, like how does that cause?
0: Blistering could take many, I guess, if a tire overheats because okay. it's rubber, and if you've ever seen rubber get heated up and like boils, mm-hmm. those, are, those are blisters. So that could be one thing. You could flat spot your tire, meaning... You could brake really hard. Mm -hmm. If the brakes lock up, the tire will... The the car literally just moves like this and Mm -hmm. the the tires aren't rotating. Okay. So they get flat spotted. They could blister. That's... Those are kind of... Those are the kind of scenarios. Okay. Meaning that PK pitted a few laps early. He signaled to the pit as he was going by that he would be coming in. The pit crew was not ready for a PK, and no. he was stationary for a full minute before oh, the car
1: was touched. Oh my god, I'd be so pissed. Yeah.
0: Patrese took over the lead, and when he came into the pits, his pit stop only took 15 seconds. Ooh, no. He still had the lead when he came out, meaning that Gordon Murray's refueling was now seen as a strategic clearly, Clearly, like it helps. Yes. It's amazing. However, Patrese would later retire with a few laps to the end after his engine gave up.
1: So it works if your engine works. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Elio DeAngelis took his first ever win for the for Team Lotus, and it was his okay. fir- the first one of his career. Okay. PK is somehow still in the championship fight with 17 points on the board and 17 27 points left. Okay. Because D.D.A. Peroni is leading with 39 points. Right. Now, D.D.A. Peroni is not going to win the championship because his legs are broken.
1: Oh my god, that's right. He can't race.
0: Yep. K.K. Rosberg made his way up to second in the last couple of races. He's up to 33 points. John Watson is on 30 Lauda follows, and so does Prost, and then De Angelis. This okay. takes us to Dijon. The mustard GP. <laughs> mustard. <laughs> it was actually called the Swiss GP. No. No, I know, but like the actual name of it was like the Swiss Grand Prix. I mean, maybe, but because but no. Sweden had outlawed motor racing after this, this, this horrible 1956 crash. Dijon is near Switzerland, so. But it's not just...
1: in, do you mean Sweden? Those are different places. Swiss, maybe. No, that's Sweden. Wait, no, those are Swedes.
0: Wait. They didn't want to call it the French GP again. Yeah, they <laughs> like, stop reason, with the French. They already had one with Paul Ricard. So, in qualifying, Patrese outqualified qualified Piquet in third. Piquet was down in sixth. Andre And was fifth in his Alfa Romeo, and Prost and Arnoux were again one and two. In the race, Nelson Piquet finished fourth in a pretty unventful race. It was well, just nobody died. It was Finishing eventful. position, Ricardo Patrese finished right behind him. Okay. KK Rosberg won his first Formula One race. Yay, KK. And it was the first win for a Finnish-born driver, That's meaning so that exciting. KK Rosberg now led the championship with 42 points. Okay. D. D. A. Peroni was down in 39. Prost was down in 31. Mm-hmm. And PK was down on twenty. Yes. All the way down on twenty, with only eighteen points left for the last two races. PK was out of the championship race. There's no way he could. There's have. no way he was gonna win. Okay. Had he won, he would have been on thirty-eight points, but he would have still been behind DDA Peroni, who's mm-hmm. second. Italy and Caesar's Palace both ended in retirements for PK and Ricardo Patrese. They were the fifteenth nice. and the sixteenth round, and so that is where PK ends his nineteen eighty two title defense. That's it. He's way the fuck down. Wow. And he only scored 20 points. And we're going to be getting into some stats. Some stats for you. Of the 16 entries, PK in 1982 retired from nine races. He had a 56% wow. retirement rating, including San Marino, because well, he didn't San attend. but San
1: Marino, I mean, so many people didn't attend. I yeah. don't think so it's fair to include that.
0: I'm okay, Give me time here. For- Jumping the gun a bit.
1: Okay, well, I'm just letting you know.
0: South Africa was brake fade. Right. Monaco was a turbo failure. Okay. Brands Hatch, the fuel pump failed. Right. Paul Ricard was an engine failure. Okay. Some retirements were driver induced. So well, if you were to include the 15 entries that he did attend without San Marino, okay. that'd be eight retirements. Still, over half of the races mm, he didn't. That's not great. Yeah, it was a 50.3 uh, percent retirement, uh, you know, rate. Right. 62 and a half, including the disqualification of Brazil.
1: Oh, that's yeah. not great.
0: But he had two race wins. Technically one because of the disqualification in Brazil. We're but not I'm counting that... the
1: disqualification in Brazil. He had two race wins. He won two races. He won two races. Whether he was disqualified or not, he still won.
0: Yeah, but technically, unofficially, legally, unofficially, win. yeah. Okay. He had one pole position, and that was Austria. Oh. He had two fastest laps that was in Germany and Austria. Okay. So, German home country, BMW doing pretty well except in
1: 1981
0: right? yeah Okay. but like he was driving for a german team yeah. so german whatever engine manufacturer compared to 1981 where he had four pole positions three race wins and only a quarter uh 25 percent retirement rate he had no mechanical failures with the bt-49 so yeah
1: the mechanical mm- failures this year really messed him up yeah that's all about high key I'd and be that, so pissed.
0: Yeah. That that's where PK finished his his championship Damn. 1982. Absolute okay. dog shit. that's terrible. Not because of PK though. He was a no, phenomenal driver. No, no. no. Driver. Like he
1: he absolutely could have been much better this season. Yeah. But this is this is the first season with PK that I'm actually seeing how the mechanical failures really were what was holding him back and not just the fact that he was in the process of learning. Yeah. Cuz like I, his first what, 2-3 seasons, he was like it was clearly He's, he had bad he, mechanics but yeah. he was still like learning. Like he wasn't going to win even without the mechanical failures. Right. This season he could have won but his car just fucked him over. Very much. That's annoying.
0: Very much so. The next episode will be 1983 which is another phenomenal year for PK. Is it? That... And then we're going to breeze through 84 and 85 probably gonna try not to uh i'm gonna try not to go too in-depth with the next couple of next couple of years like i don't know nobody's giving us any real feedback so we just gotta know if you want us to keep but doing we have this like super in-depth thing or three not. listeners yeah so one
1: is me by the way i listen to my own podcast i'm that ego i have to asshole.
0: i have to edit this so i don't fucking ever, <laughs> yeah let us know follow me on instagram jonathan.sanchezortiz that's it don't we Anywho, all have COVID? we will catch we you on the next one
1: yeah i guess so